from the heart of Dubai, where tomorrow is being built today to the world. Welcome to the CTO Show with Mehmet. Here, we redefine technology and reimagine possibilities. With Mehmet, delve into the riveting realms of AI, cybersecurity, and digital technology. Experience the thrilling highs and lows of startups. Immerse yourself in the spirit of entrepreneurship and witness the future of business innovation being written in real time. Now, without further ado, let's tune in and explore the future. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the CTO Show with Mehmet. Today, I'm very pleased to have with me Patrick joining me from Nebraska in the U.S. Patrick, the way I love to do it is I keep it to my guests to introduce themselves, right? Because I believe no one can introduce someone else better than themselves. So <laughs> the floor is yours. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll do my best, Mamet. Uh, my name's Patrick Williams. I've, uh, I'm a lifelong artist and I do creativity consulting with businesses and entrepreneurs, uh, mentorships, uh, working with individuals, uh, teamwork, and, and with entire businesses to assist them uh, restoring their innate uh, creativity, not, not getting them to be artists. If they like that, that's great. But I'm interested in having people connect with their creative selves so they can do innovation and other work inside their business more easily. I'm also a TEDx speaker. I have, uh, I'm working on a couple manuscripts uh, that are related to creativity. And uh, my wife and I have had a nonprofit for 22 years arts, education, and healing. So I have uh, many hats, so to speak, that I, I put on throughout my, my day and my week. That's great, Patrick. You know, and um, some people ask me, although your show name is CTO Show, why you have a blend of guests? And, you know, honestly speaking, I believe, because you mentioned something, and I will, we will talk, like, shortly about it, about, you know, creativity and your work with businesses. So, and always it's good to have someone, maybe, you know, like yourself, Patrick, you, you've, you've gathered all this experience and, you know, you are into the arts also as well. So you can, I think, shed a lot of light, but I'm interested, you know, how, you know, this diverse experiences between art, teaching, and, you know, all the other uh, work that you do, have influenced your approach to innovation? Yeah, that's a great question, Mamet. I, I believe that I, I, you, you tuned in on something very important, that I am not inside the, the, the larger business world. So that, you know, some people think that's a disadvantage, but I think it's, it, there's a lot of advantage to that because I'm able to, I'm able to see things that a lot of people are, are just so used to that they're, they miss it. And so I'm, I'm attempting to bring all of my past of, of teaching art, uh, teaching uh, martial arts also, uh, karate and Aikido. And those, those bring very interesting 
cross domains together. And that's part of what I emphasize is that so often businesses, let's say a team is working on a, a project and they're so focused on that one project that they start to miss out on opportunities where innovation can come into their awareness. And that's one of the, one of the many parts of my exercises that I assist people in being more aware of themselves and how they relate to the, them, the world around them, their environment, but also to their, uh, their teammates or their coworkers or, or whatever they're, whatever they might be doing with respect to, to business. So it's a matter of, of assisting people in, in seeing the world in a larger context. And I've gained that from all of my experience, uh, teaching children and teaching adults. And those are, are somewhat similar, but they're, it takes a little bit of, it, it takes more finesse actually to teach adults than it does to teach children. Children are open and ready to learn, especially when it's fun and exciting. So, uh, I bring with me a lot of, uh, awareness around how people learn and, and, and often what gets in the way of people learning, especially adults. Adults often have a lot of, uh, small and large things blocking them from connecting with their creativity or <clears throat> more properly reconnecting with their creativity. That's good insight, Patrick. Now, when I was preparing, you know, and that I've seen like the work you have done and, you know, the topics that you usually talk about. And there are two words that actually even me on the show, I keep repeating, right? So we talk about sometimes creativity and sometimes we talk about innovation. Mm -hmm. So in your opinion, are they two separate things first? If they are, so what is each one then? So let, so let's keep to this. So I don't, <laughs> I, sure. I don't take you know the the questions you know forward. So we, because I I will have a lot of questions. Sure. So yeah. So let's let let's let's come focus on what's the difference between innovation and creativity. Yeah, that's a that's a giant question, and I I believe that creativity is is it. Uh, precedes innovation. That's why I'm, I'm really, I'm excited and focused on assisting people with restoring their innate and inner creative awareness and, and their creative self. Because I believe if, if you don't have a strong connection to your creativity, then you will not get to the innovation. People want the innovation. That's the, that's the, the, the big fish. That's the next big thing that they want to get, but they can't get to that if they're not solid in their creative awareness and their creative potential and seeing that, putting in, making it kinetic, not just potential. It, it's all potential inside of us, but, but making that a kinetic action that then moves into innovation. I think innovation is, they're very similar, but 
there, there's a, a different quality to innovation. Innovation is often, as I, as I, as I started to look into uh, the levels of how businesses relate to innovation, there, there are, which is obvious that business are connected to the sort of the, uh, the, uh, the grid system. There's a step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, however many steps there are. And businesses are in that spreadsheet mentality, which is great. That's a super, that's a superpower that, you know, businesses need that spreadsheet awareness, but within both creativity and innovation, there are there, especially creativity, creativity is massively intangible, which makes businesses a little bit nervous. They want to see, oh, if I do these three steps with respect to creativity, I'm going to be creative. Well, there may be three steps, there may be a hundred steps, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be creative. Creativity is, is a quality that, that emerges, that can emerge in a, in a, in a sudden flash, uh, uh, a, a light bulb moment. Satori innovation is the name of my business. And Satori is a Japanese word that means sudden awakening, sudden awareness that happens. And often with, with big innovations, that is exactly how, how it happens is a spark of creativity literally ignites an idea. And then that idea can be followed through. And in some ways, innovation is the following through of the creative moment. But inside of innovation, I believe creativity still needs to be happening. There still needs to be a, a window open, so to speak, in, in the room of, of innovation. There has to be either a window open or door open or, or a, a, some, some kind of uh, inner space that the creative can be active. In, in a way, like lighting a candle uh, in memory of someone or lighting a candle as a celebration of a birth. Lighting a candle, be, you know, not, I'm not telling people to light candles, but if, if that works, great. But lighting a candle inside your space that is your innovation space is going to remind you the creativity is still necessary and still happening. So one of the, in a way, it's not necessarily an exercise, but one of the things that I assist people with is having a, some part of your environment, let's say it's your office at home, your office at work, uh, the team uh, space, uh, the team area that you're doing uh, team meetings in, but have some objects there. If it's just you, collect a few objects that remind you of your creativity or reminds you to having a, like a, a little reproduction of a Monet painting or a, a poem, a roomy poem, whatever will trigger your feeling of, oh yeah, that's, that's creativity. That will help you with the innovation. The innovation is the, in a way, the innovation is the long path and creativity is the, is the exciting vistas 
that you may be on a mountain path and you're in the trees and you're in the trees and every once in a while you pop out, you stand on a boulder and you look out over the entire mountain range. That's the creativity. You're still on the innovation path, but then you go back into the trees and you may be there for, you know, a mile or so. And then you pop out into another beautiful area that you're, that's your creativity awareness or your creativity moment. So the creativity has to be always within you as you're uh, working through your innovation uh, process. Does that make sense? 100% makes sense. So, you know, I, I've got it. So, so, so the innovation is the end goal, right? And creativity is the vehicle that will take us to that end goal, right? Absolutely. So, right. Yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes you're in a Ferrari and sometimes yes. in like uh, a Ford Pinto, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, sometimes, yeah. sometimes the car breaks down and it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And that's, that's part of the creative process. Those, and in fact, I, I assist people. Those are really important parts of the creative process, that, that sense of being stuck and, and being frustrated. Because when we're frustrated in a, in a healthy sense, we're going to be actively searching to unfrustrate ourselves or we're going to be looking and thinking and feeling about how to become unstuck. So those are, in, when the car breaks down, it's a sign that obviously something isn't working and I got to figure out how to, how to get it working again. And that will launch you up, not, not easily, sometimes easily, sometimes it takes work, but that will launch you into another level of, of both the creativity and the innovation that will push you forward. Uh, so we all want to possibly, we all want to stay in the Ferrari, but we can't always drive the Ferrari. We, we need to be exploring, you know, some, if you're going to go up into the mountains, like way up on some really rough road or off road, you're not going to take the Ferrari, you know, you're going to take the Jeep to a four wheel drive vehicle to, to get it back into the back country. And some, sometimes the greatest innovations and the, and the best creativity are in those backcountry roads where nobody else has been. Agreed. Agreed with you, Patrick. Now, of course, you know, this, I would say, is, you know, I would focus more on creativity because, you know, it's, it's like, it's, I, I believe, and I agree with you, if you have the creativity, the, the innovation will come somehow. Okay. Maybe in short time, long time. And. Because, you know, I, I cover about, you know, startup founders, entrepreneurs, and so on. So one thing, you know, when I have discussion with people, and this is, I don't like to hear it, but unfortunately, some people are like this. You, you say, okay, why you don't try to go and do something? They say, oh, I'm not creative. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not this kind of guy. I, I, you know, I'm just, uh, you give me something, I do it. Like, I'm a kind of a task achiever kind of a person. But I, I say, no, I don't believe so, right? And I think you can, everyone can be creative. So now the question, Patrick, is first, am I right? Is everyone can be creative? And if someone, you know, he or she is not able to figure it out, like, 
okay, how, how I can get this creativity? Where I can learn about creativity? Can I actually be taught how to be creative? <laughs> it's a super question, and it's people often ask it. My first response is that, yes, you are creative. When you were a child, you were naturally creative. Your creativity was innate. It, it was, you were a creative dynamo. You didn't have to think about being creative. It was just a natural state of who, of who children are. So it hasn't gone anywhere and it, it really can't go anywhere. It, it is always within you. Reconnecting to it is the, the process that I assist people with. And the, one of the explanations in my, I'm preparing a, a manuscript and within the manuscript, it's based on my philosophy of creativity. And part of that is something I call creative colonization. And that explains partly why people feel exactly how you, you described it. That, oh, I'm, I can't, I can't be creative. I, I can't draw. I can't write. I can't play a musical instrument, whatever. That is connected to what I call creative colonization. It's when children are pushed away from their natural creative processes, their play, their imagination, and their creativity. And it's a strong word, but it really describes this ripping from them, ripping from children, how they naturally learn. All children and actually adults, we all learn through our play, our imagination, and our creativity. If we're not having fun learning something, then it, it kind of turns into education. And education is based on rote and, and memorization and often not fun. There are, of course, all of us learned things in school, but those are the things that we were really excited about and really uh, engaged with. Math may be something that uh, a six-year-old girl or six-year-old boy loves. And so they're going to learn a lot of, of the math qualities and the math exercises and thinking uh, with numbers. Uh, with other kids, that may not be an interest. They may love writing. They may love drawing like I did. So, so the, the focus of, of children learning is connected to their play. And as we get, as we go through this kind of creative colonization process, we, we come to a moment, it may be one single moment, or it may be just a series of events that we experience what I call a creative collapse. And that's when we stop doing a part of our artistic expression. We stop singing, we stop dancing, we stop uh, wanting to play a musical instrument, we stop drawing. Any of these things that we love to do in a very creative uh, uh, mindset, we just stop. And then I describe that as a kind of creative void that, uh, that occurs. And many adults, sadly, are inside this creative void. And that's part of why they say or why they feel, I can't, I can't do anything creative. I can't. I can't draw, I can't paint. And that extends into, 
I can't be creative in my business because they have this, in a, in a way, this weight of not feeling like they can be creative, but they are because they were when they were children. Before that creative collapse happened, they, they were totally creative. So the, the person that says, oh, I can't, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I hear that often when I, if I say that I'm an artist. Uh, so I tell them that, yes, you are creative. And, and it's, it's a matter of scale. When you're, when you're restoring, when you're beginning your journey of restoring your creativity, you, you make small steps. And you build on that. It doesn't happen in one, it could, it might. That would be great if it happened in one moment, in one fell swoop. That is possible and that does happen. But be prepared for it to take a while to, to get back into that inner awareness of your natural creativity because it's there and it can be reconnected to. Well, that's uh, very encouraging, I would say, Patrick. Now, the question is, okay, so the key here is someone, you know, they've got to be a little bit patient. You know, they, they, they need to, to take it easy, I would say, not to force themselves, oh, why am I not creative, something like this, right? So, so it's, right. They, need to, they need to give it to the natural flow. But is there anything that can maybe, you know, accelerate this little bit is there like some kind of activities that they might you know go engage maybe it's you know because you mentioned like going to 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 mountain or maybe something like this i don't know like you're the expert patrick so what i can do if today i am mehmet and sometimes i feel this also as well i'm not saying i'm not creative but i feel today you know what nothing is coming to my mind i don't know what what should i do but i'm sure that i know some of the tactics but i want to hear that from you patrick what can we do to a little bit accelerate things or let at least see even small enhancement that will encourage us, you know, to wait and keep moving. Absolutely. Yes, that is, that is what people want to know is, is how to restore their creativity. And, and I have a lot of exercises and, and suggestions. Uh, one of them is you mentioned it and I've already spoken about it is, is get out into nature. And, and if you're, uh, not near nature, then, then go out and walk, walk, take a walk around, uh, in a city park or whatever it might be there, you know, hopefully there's some kind of, uh, there's a lake, a pond, a, uh, some trees, some grass, whatever it might be, just get out in nature and, and relax and, and just allow your mind to be as free as you possibly can, which is in some ways, I also encourage people to, to do breathing exercises. And there are lots of, you know, I, I walk people through some very simple methodologies of, of breathing awareness. There are literally, I think there are probably millions of, of people, for sure, thousands of people on YouTube who do uh, breathing exercises for people teach people how to do simple breathing exercises, but that is an absolutely uh, uh, necessary part of getting back in touch with your creativity is relaxing your body 
relaxing your mind. Breathing is going to do both. And it will, it will allow you to distance yourself from kind of the spinning thinking place where people get into. All of us have it. We, where our mind is just spinning and spinning and spinning, and it almost spins more on spinning when, because our thoughts get in a, in a kind of a trap, kind of a wheel that just is rolling and rolling and rolling. Breathing, doing some breathing, simple exercises. You, you can just breathe in and breathe out with thinking about breathing in and breathing out. Do that 10 times and do that maybe three times a day. And that's going to help you re, reconnect with yourself. And when we reconnect with ourselves, we start to relax. And when we start to relax, we begin to become open to other awarenesses, other thought patterns, other uh, moments when light bulbs can come on. So getting out into nature is, is important, or just getting out and taking a walk. Lots of, of uh, writers and composers and, and artists, especially before 1900, always were taking walks. Scientists, inventors, always taking a walk, clearing their thoughts, but still having what, what I teach is that when you're on your walk and you can go on the walk and just relax and just focus on, on being uh, unbusy, but you can also be on the walk. And this is one of the things I, I stress with people. Be on your walk and in a relaxed way, think about the project that you're working on and let, let thoughts come into you. And I also suggest that people, this is a, a kind of a homework project that I give people. Pick a, a jazz group that's playing in your area. Take it, if it's just you, just go with your, your partner or your significant other. Go and, and enjoy the music, but also keep in, in your awareness your project. So let's say it's a team and the team is working on a project. I encourage the team to go. Let's say there are 10 of you. You all go to the jazz uh, lounge, listen to the music, but you all have your, your project journals with you. And journaling is one of the uh, exercises that I highly encourage people to, to do, both with respect to just a personal journal, but also project journals. So the team goes to listen to jazz. And they have their journals. They're enjoying the jazz. They may be having some, you know, casual conversation, but they're also keeping in their awareness the project. As, as I go to jazz, my wife and I just went to a performance of Handel's Messiah on Sunday. As I'm there, I'm not just focusing on the music. I am doing that. But I also have inside my awareness the paintings that I'm working on. So there's a, there's a feedback loop that's happening, a natural feedback loop that I'm being informed by the music and the singers and the musicians, but they're also informing me about my work. The team one month goes to jazz, then the next month they may go to a museum and, and look at 
uh, sculpture and paintings. The next month, they may go to a to go look at five buildings, the architecture of five, three to five buildings in their city or their town that have a significant presence. Uh, so they're looking at how the building looks, what they feel, the arrangement of the windows, the columns, the, the substance that were, is it brick, is it a stone, is it a steel, how much glass is there, how is the glass how, do, how is it arranged? And then they do that on the inside. So each of these steps are ways in which people can, I call it cross-domain learning. So the architecture will inform you about your project. Even though it, it may not make sense to the team members at first, but the more they practice this, the more they will understand when I'm experiencing other creativity, like a jazz or an orchestra, a poetry slam, whatever it might be. And there's lots of options that people, that people can uh, uh, plug into. When that happens, they're, they're receiving lots of, of new information, lots of information that has is in that world of the intangible that is going to feed their project or their widget that they're designing or they want to design sometimes it's direct some there there's a the story of uh the person who basically discovered and invented velcro i think he he was uh from scandinavia he was out walking in the in a field, and his either wool pants or wool socks grabbed hold of some uh, weeds, basically, and he pulled one off and he looked at it really closely, and the weeds had little uh, teeth on them, and then he realized that his wool socks kind of had little uh, circles on them, and they had this perfect connection. And then he came up with Velcro. Just poof, the connection happened in nature. So we don't know when or how these connections happen. But if we don't put ourselves in these areas that are, have a high potential of, of information and connection, then we're less likely to experience those kinds of cross-domain light bulbs, so to speak. Does that make sense? hundred percent. You know, like, it even resonated with some personal experience I, I had, you know, like, uh, you know, this is why whatever situation uh, I'm passing through, even sometimes, you know, you know this, like we are all humans, we pass through some times, but yeah, it's, it's like uh, uh, changing the place sometimes, you know, to go to place where you see something different, something new, it can have direct effect. And also because, you know, um, I remember I read it in multiple books where they mention about, for example, uh, Thomas Edison, when he wanted to, to you know, he, he used to go to, to Mando Park, right? So, so he used to, 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 to change the environment so he could, you know, this inspiration. And uh, yeah, so... 
a lot of, of, of things, you know, sometimes we don't figure it out because I think we don't want to move. And you just mentioned something extremely important, Patrick, because about, you know, keep spinning and thinking about the spinning. So it's like you, you jail literally your mind. Right. There right. And, yeah. And in a circle and you cannot go out of, actually you can, I mean, and this is where, you know, the whole concept of, uh, uh, you know, like the mindful and, you know, and, you know, you just, you know, to, to close your eyes, take deep breath. So personally, this something helped me a lot. Uh, at least, you know, like even if it doesn't bring creativity, but it, it let me feel relaxed, you know, like I feel myself doing better. Right. And again, you need to give yourself some time. Like don't expect it's, it's that it's not like the potion you drink, <laughs> you know, and then and you get this. But how we can make sure, Patrick, that, OK, we, we, we started to do this. We know that we're going to take time. I start to get some signals. Mm. OK, I'm on the right path. How I can sustain this? How I can keep it with me? Yeah, that, I don't lose it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a super good question. Uh, so, so sustaining and maintaining are are both uh, parts that uh, of this big process that people are very very interested in. And the, in some ways, the the secret, so to speak, is in keeping something in your life that is creative. I do, as an example, I do what I call a morning meditation drawing. Every morning I make a ink drawing in my journal. It's the first thing I do in the morning. I'm, I have coffee. I put a little music on. Uh, my, one of my cats sits on my lap and I make my drawing. And I, I have an Instagram site that I then post that drawing every morning. And it's, I think I have six years of those drawings. I draw, and this is the exercise, an exercise I do with, with people. And what's, what's good about this exercise, it is something that you can do every day. And it doesn't have to take very long. It you're, it's a simple prompt. You draw two circles and you make marks. And I'm, I'm an artist and my circles and my mark, I'm making three circles this year. Uh, some years I have done two circles. Uh, one year I did two circles and I, I used uh, colored pencils. Uh, but mostly it's, it's just black and white. So the, the, the prompt is just as I do, I have this creative exercise that I do every day. And let's say people, some people will only have maybe five minutes to draw their circles and make marks. That's fine. That's totally fine. It means that you're connecting to your creativity every day. And that is what sustains us and maintains our, in a way, our creative strength. That if you, if you don't do that, if it just kind of, if it starts to drift away, and this is something that's, that is so prevalent in, in the, in the realm of training and, and, and in the world of workshops, that people have this big experience in the workshop or when they're in the training. And then a week later or two weeks later or a month later, they're not doing it anymore. 
what I encourage people with journaling, journaling is a way to remind ourselves every day, journaling on a, on paper and using a pen, not on a screen. The, the activity, the physical activity is very important. Using a pen and, and, and writing down your thoughts and your feelings that will help you process your, your emerging, uh, sustaining of your creativity, having a place to write about it and just say, well, I, I missed yesterday and I feel badly about that, but I'm going to do a drawing today and, and keep it, keep it happening. It may be, uh, you sing for five minutes. You may dance for five minutes. You may write poetry for five minutes. As long as it's something that you're, you have an excitement about and you can do it every day. And that is how to sustain it. We breathe, as an example, we breathe every day. We have to. But if we have 10 breaths three times a day that we're, we're connecting to it rather than how we usually breathe, which is just automatic, but that will key you in. And especially if you linked the, the breathing with your creativity as a, both a physical and a, and a mindful affirmation there, we, we do things every day and we sustain them when they're meaningful. And when we see, obviously in, in the business world, when we see results and I strongly feel that you, you begin to see results doing these simple, as I said, it could be five minutes, it could be half an hour, whatever, whatever amount of time that you, that you uh, are able to connect to. It may start out at five minutes, but then you, after a couple months, you think, you know what, I need 15 minutes to do this exercise because I'm getting so much out of it. That's great. Just as long as it's a consistent and persistent activity to, to keep the, the sustaining aspects and the, and the maintaining aspects alive. And it takes work. It takes a reminder with, with people that are not artists. It is sometimes challenging. Even artists have challenges with this. I I'm blessed because for whatever reason, I'm able to, to, to make art wherever and whenever I find myself, you know, it could be here in my studio or up in the house or, or wherever it might be on, you know, driving in a bus, in a plane, it happens, but it takes a, a kind of concentration. And that's what I assist people with is how maintenance and, and sustaining are connected to a kind of focus and a kind of concentration that we have to concentrate on this. If we want to get to innovation, we have to have some processes that we sustain and that we maintain that will make the innovation a more probable experience. There's, there's a great quote from uh, Louis Pasteur that and, and this is in the context of his world in the 1800s. But he said, let me, let me grab that from the, from the 
from the world out here in the mind world. In the process, in the field of observation, chance favors the prepared mind. I'll say it again. In the field of observation, chance favors the prepared mind. And I've changed that a little bit. In the field of innovation, chance favors the prepared mind. And so it's, it's honoring the space where things happen. We all know things happen. We have an idea. That's, that's somewhat uh, attributed to chance. But what Pasteur is saying that it happens more often when you're prepared. And as an artist, my studio is set up to prepare me to have those experiences of information. That's why I encourage people to have something in their office, in their team space that prepares them to be creative, that sets them up in a way that they are, they're going to uh, bump into better and better ideas or bump into uh, a big awareness. Does that make sense? hundred percent. And I think, you know, I hope, and, you know, I'm having big hopes that a lot of entrepreneurs would be listening to this because I think the whole thing about the journey of entrepreneurship is to stay in this state all the time, right? Because it's not like, okay, I will be creative one time and I'm done. Like, you know, it's not the case. And I think what you mentioned, Patrick, is something that, you know, because I listened, watched, read a lot. So it's, it's about building the habit, actually. So it's about building the healthy habit of being, of repeating something which is basically helping us. Um, you know, and this is, you know, first time I saw it, I said, mm, really? Like, really? And you can build habits. And there are a lot of books, a lot of even, you know, famous public speakers that they mentioned this, that, you know, habits need time. You need like 60 days or so uh, to, to, you know, to, to build them. And actually, no, you know, when I tried it, it, it worked for yes. me. Uh, and, you know, the first step is to break the belief, whatever this bad belief is. So once you break that, you, you manage to do it. And the reason I just, you know, circled back to the entrepreneurs is, you know, because you, you work with a lot of businesses and, you know, you, you, you look at them again from, from another circle, I would say, sorry, from another perspective. How important is for entrepreneurs, for first-time founders, mm. down the road to foster this culture of creativity and which will lead, I'm sure, 100% based on the discussion that uh, we've had now, Patrick, it will lead for innovation for sure. There's no way, you know, that innovation will not come, right? But how, how we can build, you mentioned some stuff to go the team out and so on, so on but Again, like maybe to make it a little bit fancy, what is the spell here? You know, so so how me if I am a, a, a an entrepreneur and I have I started maybe with one co-founder, maybe small team, but you know the, the team cannot grow. If if everything goes fine, the team will grow. Well, today we are maybe two or three. Tomorrow we are ten. Later we're gonna be fifty. But I want to maintain this because one of the things that always I ask you know, on, on the podcast, my guess is, and this is something maybe from your angle, you can, you know, enlighten us. Mm. 
once the team grows to after certain point, mm. things breaks and you know this culture fade. So sure. how I can as much as possible keep this creativity, innovation culture within my business? Yeah, that's that's a super great question, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of parts to that. One of the first things I thought of, well, well one to begin is that entrepreneurs are some of the people who are most like artists. <clears throat> so they are, they are driven, they're passionate, they have uh, an ability to focus on uh, some very clear single goals and, and, and thoughts, and, and they're connected to creativity very, very deeply. Often they don't realize it because they're so intense on their, their, their goal and their focus. One thing that I, I thought of is that uh, we have examples, we have lots of examples, and especially before 1950, of, uh, let's say, the example of Einstein. He played violin, and he would use that obviously, as I'm describing, to shift his awareness, shift his thinking patterns, shift his mindset, and it would open him up to the ability to, to access new information, new ideas, etc. My sense is that there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are gifted or, and maybe gifted, or at least they have a connection to that may be uh, current with respect to, let's say, playing a musical instrument using the Einstein example. Let's say it's uh, a guitar, uh, an electric guitar. I would suggest that the let's say the CEO of this, the, the entrepreneur, the CEO, the founder, there's three people in the group, in the company right now. I would suggest that he has his electric guitar and his amp in his office and he spends whatever, five minutes a day, 10 minutes, every, every few hours playing the guitar. Everybody sees that. And that he continues continues to do that as the business grows. So there is an example. Modeling is is so important. There is an example of oh, you know, uh, Janice, the CEO. There she is. She's playing a guitar, and she does that four times a day. And people understand that she's doing it not just to to like space, you know, not to avoid things, but she's doing it because the culture within the company knows that that's such an important process to be involved with is her playing guitar, or maybe it's her singing or, or there's a guy that plays the drums or whatever it might be. As long as they're, uh, practicing that behavior that let's say they're, they like to draw or paint. There's an easel in their, stu in, their, uh, in their studio, 
in their office with a painting that is actually happening, not just a blank canvas and some paints nearby, but there's, there's progress that people can see that, oh, something is happening. So it builds into the culture, not, not just a ping pong table or a foosball table or, or bean bags. It, it's culture is beyond that. And, and a way that we can build a bigger culture with the, in some ways with a capital C culture within a, with, within a company is to connect it to the larger capital C culture of our world, which involves the arts. So when, when people are expressing an artistic flair and all the team can see, and that is encouraged to have part of your day involved in having some art project going on, it's going to spur everybody participating. People can see, oh my God, that, that painting is really, that's great. It's really coming along. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be museum level painting or, or uh, Carnegie Hall level piano playing. It simply needs to be self-expression. So when P I believe if people would be seeing that within, within the company culture, as it grows, say you, he's, he or she is playing guitar and there's just three of you in the company. And then two years later, there's 30 people in the company and you're still playing guitar in your office, you know, a couple times a day, people and the inside the company culture that's encouraged to keep this, this stream alive of creativity rather than it becoming a drought, which you kind of refer to that, you know, people, people can do it for a little bit, but then they kind of lose track of it. If you keep it, uh, flowing, then it's going to assist in the flow of everybody else's stream of creativity that flows into a little river, into a bigger river and into the ocean of creativity that everything can, can reverberate off of each other. And that's where the, that's where the, the maintenance and the, and the sustaining of the creative qualities within a business will then keep going because it, it builds off of each other. If, if the CEO is like, wow, she, she hasn't played her guitar for a couple of days. I wonder what's going on. That will instill a different kind of connections. People will ask, you know, are you okay? What's going on? Are you distracted or, you know, you should, I'll come in and let's, you know, I'll, I'll bring my, my conga in and we can do a little improv and, or whatever it might be just to keep that going. People will notice when, when somebody's, if there's a painting and nothing's happened to the painting for a few days, you can say, Hey, what's, what's up with the painting? What's happening? You know, how can I, how can I help? So the, that, that's the little C in culture that, that so often companies are talking about. But I, I believe that there's a, there's an opportunity for us to bring our examples of the bigger C culture, which is uh, global. Everybody on the planet has a connection to their, to their local culture with a big C, the, 
the the community in which you live has a relationship to music, has a relationship to uh, image making, has a relationship to to uh, written and spoken word all over the world. That can be brought into the to the culture of your company to enliven your your creative uh, maintenance and and su sustaining qualities. Does it, did that make sense? Was that kind of a hundred percent? Hundred percent. And you know, actually, uh, if I if you allow me, Patrick, to to just add, you know, to to simplify it also. I mean, uh, it is. It applies to to everything when it comes to 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 entrepreneurship, which is, you know, leading by example, right? Absolutely. So, I need to keep doing it. So the team, okay, I'm 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 doing it because you know even like the founder is doing it, even my team lead is doing it, my manager is doing it, and when we keep this going on, we 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 keep it like kind of a natural. Uh, Flow, you know, in within the company, so everyone, you know. And I, by the way, I've seen I've seen a lot of companies that it's not necessarily when it comes to to creativity or like uh, innovation, but they have some let's call them rituals that they've been doing for for years now, and you know, like everyone is is happy about it. Why? Because the founder is doing it, or the CEO is doing it, the the leadership team is doing it. So, yeah, hundred percent something true. I would say, Patrick. Now, Patrick, you know, as we, we, we're coming almost on end, what, like, wisdom words you want wow. to keep with us today? Oh, thank you. Uh, be creative. It's, it's inside of you. You don't, you don't have to worry about not being creative because I guarantee you when you were, when you were five years old, your creativity switch was on and it only went off when you went to sleep. <laughs> and even then, I think we were all dreaming super creative things when we were, when we were five and six years old. So my, I, I want to leave people with that. I want to leave people with that. They can always reconnect and restore their, their authentic creativity and then apply it to whatever part of their life that they see uh, needs it the most. And I think it can be applied across the board to your business, to your relationships, to, to your family, to your community, everything. The more creative we are, the better off we are. 100%. And Patrick, last thing, where people can find more about you? Sure. My business website is, is called uh, Satori Innovation. And it can also be reached at Patrick Williams Stay Creative. That's the that's the main domain name, but I pointed Satori Innovation to uh, to the site. And to look at my art, I have two art sites. One is PatrickWilliams.com, and the other is uh, CelebrationFlowerPaintings.com. I have two Instagram sites. One is the one I described earlier. That is PMW Creativity, and that's all drawings. I'm close to 2,500, uh, and so it goes back uh, six years, I think. And then PMW under slash camera is my uh, photography 
site where I post a new photograph every day. <clears throat> and there's, there's a whole bunch of those now. And people can reach me at Patrick at PatrickWilliams.com. I'd love to hear from anybody out there who's interested in restoring their creativity. Cool. I will make sure that I will put all these website links in the uh, in the show notes of, of this episode. So or the description if you are watching this over YouTube. So you'll see all the links that Patrick mentioned now. Patrick, really, you know, one of the uh, of the episodes that I enjoyed uh, doing today with you because I love, you know, these topics. These topics are close to my heart. Of course, like it's a, you know, kind of a tech show, people think, because of the name. But, you know, this has come back to, to, to basics, I would say. Because, you know, the, just, you know, the fact you said, like when someone were five years old, actually they were creative. And then a switch went off for a reason or another. But we can turn it on back. And, you know, this is why, um, you know, I enjoyed, you know, these uh, deep insights that you gave us today, the advices that you gave us today. And, you know, I can claim somehow that I'm a live example as well. You know, the it's like, you know, it's been years. I remember when I was recording myself, you know, just a small anecdote before we close. I was recording myself on the tape, you know, uh, claiming to be a radio host, right? Because I wanted always to be a radio host, you know, someone who's an anchor maybe, I don't know. And then, But I never did it, you know, and then I took another route. And then on, all of a sudden, something ticked in my mind, you know, I said, okay, why I don't revive that, you know, and by doing a podcast? Okay, it might work, it might not, right? But it's like something you, as you mentioned, like something triggered me to do it, okay. I think, you know, this relates to something I wanted to do way back in time and it's time to do it. And it's always back to, to all what you mentioned and you need to always keep in, I would say, receiving mode for these signals. So 100%, you know, I would agree on that, on that uh, to you, Patrick. Well, thank you very much for your time. You know, really, really, again, I enjoyed. So, so for the audience, sure. thank you for joining in. If you are first time visitor here, thank you very much for passing by. I hope you enjoy it. Please subscribe if you didn't do yet. And uh, if you are a loyal uh, audience, thank you very much for all your messages and emails you send me. And uh, of course, I hope to make sure that you are getting the best out of this podcast. So keep your feedbacks coming. Thank you very much. And we'll meet again very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hit that subscribe button. Share the show with your tech-savvy friends and fellow entrepreneurs. And leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Your support means the world to us.